Greetings, pod people. Ryan here. Just popping in to let you know that instead of this week's planned episode reviewing Soylent Green, we are bringing you a special broadcast of our pilot episode. This is the first recording Nathan and I made to try out this podcasting thing after abandoning ship into the escape pod all those months ago. We'll return to our regularly scheduled program next time. Until then, we present you with our review of 1978's Battlestar Galactica Season 1, Episode 11, The Young Lords, or by our reckoning, The Escape Pod, Episode 0, A Barn Full of Unicorns. Enjoy. Riding high on a science fiction renaissance, fueled by the success of Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and Space Invaders, Universal Studios' Battlestar Galactica experienced high ratings while traveling at the speed of light into late 1970s homes. However, its Sunday night success on ABC would not last long. Like a squadron of Cylons lying in wait behind a small moon, CBS ambushed Battlestar Galactica's time slot with its veteran ace shows All in the Family and Alice. Battlestar Galactica managed only to reach a ragtag 24 episodes before being canceled. Created by Glenn Larson, who was a founding member of the Four Preps and had a hand in creating Buck Rogers, Quincy, Magna B.I., and Knight Rider, Larson's Latter-day Saint roots are on full display as Battlestar Galactica drew heavy inspiration from Mormon canon, which included Joseph Smith's interpretations of Egyptian hieroglyphics and planet seeding. Find your turtlenecks and ruffled belts, and sit back as we discuss Season 1, Episode 11 of Battlestar Galactica, The Young Lords. All right, so this is Escape Pod. This is Escape Pod. This is a science fiction. You do say escape. Esca- oh, escape, I do. It's my East Coast and it's probably. Welcome to Escape Pod, a science fiction television and film review program. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Ryan Eggleston. And I'm Nathan. Do you, We don't have to use last names, but we can if you don't want to. We can if I don't want to. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> we are a couple, uh, two buddies who uh, like to talk about science fiction and hopefully make some good jokes about it and probably a lot of bad ones. And we hope you uh, enjoy hearing just a couple guys talk about sci-fi. Today on the pilot episode, we're going to discuss original Battlestar Galactica season one episode 11 i believe yeah maybe i actually took notes yep season one episode 11 i don't remember the name of it. oh the young lords 
We turn now to look back at the Young Lords. All right, we'll drop some music in there. I wanted to ask you, Nathan, were you a watcher of this show? Are you really familiar with this show? When I was five, I uh-huh. think I, I watched the show. Uh, I remember there was a colander in the kitchen that I got out every time the show started and I put it on my head because it had the little square handles that stuck off to the side. Was that saying like Cylon to you or what? No, the Viper pilots have, I think they have these helmets with these downward pointing lights. Yeah, they do. They're real like um, Pharaoh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's so much Pharaoh vibes. uh, Is there a lot more? Than, than just that? Yeah, just the helmets. The yeah, I think so. Or the Daltecs. Or the Mayans. I, you see, I, like, I mean, we're, we're approximately the same age. And uh, I feel like my older brother watched this more than I did. I certainly remember seeing it. And seeing this episode definitely brought back weird feelings. Uh, the music and the images and stuff. The music's great. The intro. That's super cool. And I like that shot like with, there's just like a star field. And then it's kind of like you're looking through uh, like a periscope kind of like different scenes. You know, it's yeah, like a right. circle in the center. Very yeah. interesting choice. I, I think it works. And also like I really remembered that. I was like, oh, yeah. Yep. I remember as a child thinking it was so strange. I think visually the show does some really great things. and that's I really kind of, think it does. That's kind of the end of the greatness of the show. But. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, well, I got to say, um, for corny late 70s television, it was actually better than I thought. I'm going to say that. But not this episode. Believe it or not, it's just me. So I guess going through it a little bit to get to where we are, they're what on a patrol. Starbuck and Boomer are on a patrol. Yeah, I I think they're always patrolling. Just out ahead of Galactica, like looking out. Yeah, they seem out. to set up something where like, so you have this armada, or not really an armada. It's the ragtag fleet, right? It's like mm-hmm. a like a convoy, and like it can't stop going for some reason. Right, because they have like their their inertia or something, right? Or just like fuel, like they're just or they're on a schedule. So there's, they tried to like make there be some plot tension. Right. There was a ticking clock. They're going to miss the boat. You know, they can't go too far, but no, yeah, they're patrolling for the silence. So I didn't understand that at all. But I, I kind of, it seems like we inferred kind of the same yeah. stakes there. Like they're, they're whatever they're doing, looking for Earth. I, I'm don't, I don't totally understand this universe. Yeah. So that's the deal, right? This was a, this was a long time ago. You know, in a galaxy far, far away, and uh, no, not a galaxy far. Wait a far minute, away. <laughs> that sounds like something else, right? It's just a long time ago. In the beginning, they mentioned the Toltecs, the Mayans, the Egyptians, right? But the idea is that they're looking for the Earth because I think in the past they had settled the Earth. Somebody had settled. They're one. It was a colony. Yeah, like one of the lost colonies, and now they're trying to find it. Oh, I like that, that they called him a, a colonial soldier. Colonial like warrior. Well, yeah, that's what they're known as to whatever the Cylons are. So the Cylons had destroyed all of the colonies, but there was the lost colony of Earth. So the people, these humans, have no home anymore. So they're, they're looking for Earth. There are those who believe 
that life here began out there. It's a great concept, planet seeding and whatnot. So they get in a tussle. Yeah. And then and then Starbuck goes down on on a uh, on Sherwood Forest. Yeah. <laughs> planet Sherwood, basically. Yeah. Well, he lands in a swamp. Right, he's very Dagobah. This is pre-Empire though, so Oh, I, I was like, I like that that really shitty, shitty canal he walked through. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it looked like hot, stagnant water. It looked yeah. awful. I could feel it. It was gross. You don't think this was a soundstage? It looked like they built that built that canal. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, that looked really gross to have to deal with. So, right. So he, oh, he gets captured by the Cylons after like a really slow chase. Very slow chase. Yep. The Cylons are not fast. He. They only caught him because his leg is so hurt he can't move fast. So far, it's normal sci-fi, nothing out of the ordinary, right? We've seen all this before. And then all of a sudden, there's like a 14-year-old on a unicorn. Yeah, and this, and he is resplendent in a feathered cape, Yeah, uh, a helmet with what looked like real taxidermied, like, goose wings. Yeah, real fucking wings. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) And it, all in white and these big boots, like fur-topped boots. I mean, we're instantly, I was like, holy shit, we're in like Lord of the Rings. It's like, we just went to a whole different universe all of a sudden. And there's like fucking Legolas charging in on a unicorn. It's amazing. So he comes and wait, they get him. They save, they rescue Starbuck. From the tin cans, as they call the Cylons. Bunch of tin cans, sir, following the tracks I'm, you ordered me to make. How does that kid know what a tin can is? I don't know. It looks like he just, like, just eats like haggis and. Right, because uh, tin cans didn't exist in castle days. And no one would they, not. They don't think. exist in the sci fi future days. It's you know, very it's confusing a, down it's there. It's a narrow window. Yeah, of Planet time. Sherwood is, is a mess. So, yeah, and it's like Lord of the Flies, right? Yeah. We find out that totally. it's just yep. children. On unicorns fighting robots that have that have taken over their planet and kicked them out of their castle. It's amazing. Their dad is imprisoned by the Cylons in the castle. Oh, right. And we don't know that yet. We cut to the castle, which I I just loved this. Like I couldn't believe it. Or like we're seeing like the interiors of the castle are all like stage, uh soundstage, obviously. But the exterior is like a real maybe I'm sure it's still on a lot somewhere. Burbank or whatever. This storyline comes up all the time in bad sci-fi TV. You always have your costume dramas and your castles. Sure. There's an original Star Trek series episode where they go to some stupid castle. It's like their haunted house episode. Like every right. show gets a haunted house episode. Yeah, TNG had had the Yeah, this goddamn sure, literally Sherwood Forest. Right. <laughs> I protest. I am not a merry man. We have castles and we have all these costumes. So yeah, let's use it. Use it. But I love seeing Cylons like patrolling guard duty on like the parapet of the castle. Like they actually fit in really well. Well, well, they just look like knights in armor. Sure, totally. They definitely do. I I gotta point out this one scene though when they were taken to inside the castle. There's like a big long you know medieval like banquet table, and the Cylons are like, it's like they're on break. They're like polishing their weapons. They're hanging out. I might as well be like smoking cigarettes and like yeah. <laughs> reading magazines. It looks, it's so, <laughs> it's too funny. Yeah. It's amazing. And then we get introduced to these things. 
really triggered a weird memory because I was like, oh, wow. Right. Those guys who are like the upper echelon Cylon, I guess. Yeah, the Conehead robots. Yeah, they look like like a disco space dildo. Yeah. They're like all shining and there's lights inside. It's a party. They just need like a smoke machine around it all the time. Yeah. They're kind of effeminate. Yeah, they're very like slender, I guess. And um, they're non-threatening. They're non-threatening. Yeah, they're like English accented, perfunctory office cucks, kind of. And he, yeah, he's like the the local administrator, basically. Yeah, I actually thought that part of the story was the most interesting thing going on. That was cool, but they called the guy the main baddie. So I'm going to ask more questions about what you know about the Cylon situation. But first, I wanted to ask if you recognized him. The human? Yeah. The actor's name is John Colicos. I recognize his face right away. He played a Klingon in original Star Trek, and he came back in Deep Space Nine. I think I almost can remember him in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he's like one of Dax's buddies. So, but what is, how are like humans involved in like the Cylon? Yeah, I don't, I don't, you understand I don't really that? remember. So, so, you know, this Battlestar Galactica had like a movie like a two-hour movie episode. Hmm. Like a made-for-TV movie? Yeah, I think it was made-for-TV movie. And, and they had like sort of the classic big scene where there's humans on some, they're having some sort of peaceful celebration and there's this, they're in some sort of uh, government park. I don't know, like wh- whether it's an industrial park or a government park, there's like a checkerboard <laughs> sure. pattern on the ground and flags. And that and that's where the Cylons come in with their ships and start like shooting the place up and you know everybody everything catches on fire and people are running around screaming. That's where like the boy loses his dog, you know, and that's why later they they make a robot dog for the boy. Oh, is that the bear thing? Yeah, the daggett. <laughs> I I was thinking about that too, like the guy who has to wear that thing and crawl around in it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I actually saw it at a. Oh, in yeah? Hollywood, like the there's a museum on the Hollywood where the stars are. That that whatever that road is, Sunset uh, Strip. I don't think that Sunset Strip is it. I don't remember. Accessing Hollywood Boulevard. But anyway, yeah, I got to see it. It looked it looked really beat up and terrible. I they also had the. It's like a cyborg killer, cyborg Fozzie the bear. Yeah, um, it's very it's small. It's definitely yeah. You have to be a small person to get in there. Um. Anyway, so I think in that original thing, my recollection is that this guy, uh, who then later becomes a Klingon, he betrayed the human race. Oh, he sold him out, huh? Yeah. And so why he has a position of importance, like he's some mastermind, I guess, huh. might be debatable. <laughs> <laughs> might be. So he's the only human that's working with the Cylons. And he seems to be somewhat in charge. Yeah, he definitely he definitely throws swings his dick around a bunch. I don't know. So what happens next? Oh, they take him to their cave. And he, of course, there's the he meets the, the sexy young lady. I always wanted to meet a woman as long on brains. As she was on beauty. You think I'm pretty? Oh, Mary. This is all very this is like super like Captain Kirk now. Captain, that ancient earth costume cause pinking, what is it? It's, um... It's, uh... We'll talk about it later. Starbuck is like the Captain Kirk of Battlestar Galactica. Right. This is like probably my favorite 
little moment when uh, I'm just going to keep calling him Kyle comes back in and, you know, Starbucks like they're children. And he's like, we aren't children. We're warriors. And he like crouches down with his rifle and he's like polishing it like <laughs> right next to his dick. And he's just like, <laughs> and, it, and it really zooms in then on like a headshot of his like amazing blonde hair. That's like a per like a bowl around his head. Uh, it was just incredible. They're like a dime a dozen in Southern California when they made this TV show. People would like that that do that look. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. He he, he was very like very 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 Ken, like amazing Ken doll looking. Um, except like when he opened his mouth and he had like a gap tooth or whatever he had going on there, and he raised his voice into like a petulant child voice. Yeah. But, um, but still, man, that feathered cape. There was Incredible. a lot of animal fur and body parts. Yep. They're very Beastmaster. Yeah. Kind of Conan the Barbarian kind of land. And there's like a couple other kids. There's like a younger daughter and two little ragamuffins. They're like, our dad's dead and I'm in charge now. And uh, it's hard to understand. Like, there's just this one family left. Right. Yeah. It's just these seven, seems to be. six or seven people or whatever. Yeah. And and a whole garrison of Cylons can't deal with them. Yeah. They're just a huge thorn in the side of these Cylons who don't want to be on the planet anyway. Or as Starbucks says, a laser in the side. Oh, does he, does he say yeah, that? Yeah, he says that later. <laughs> Good. The one thing I do miss about this episode is that with Starbucks, you know, this was definitely a show written by men or boys, I'm not sure. We are not children. But like they always, every, it seems like every episode they would have a scene where they were sitting around playing poker, smoking cigars, you know, with like boots up on the table. And in order for Starbucks to have, you know, one or two very chauvinistic moments. And Oh, sure. He did maybe have the chauvinistic moments in this episode. It, it is sort of like, well, where's the, where's the cigar? You know, like, like those moments where you're like, oh, this is the same person from the A-team. Like literally the same character. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's uh you know, he's the face. Yeah. You know, hence hence his code name. Do you remember in the A team they in the intro they actually had him with a Cylon? Oh shit. So like in the intro of the A team with the beautiful oh, music. He's like on the movie lot or something. Like Yeah, he's like on the movie oh, lot. Oh dude, I do like... remember that. They do a thing where there's like Cylons walking through. Yeah, and then he does a little like wink. He doesn't literally wink. There's like a little like, you know, hee haw moment. Where he sort of smirks or something, but and think about that man, like his buddy. Well, I don't know if they're actually friends or not. Broccoli who played Murdoch. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little world. It's a small world out there. Yeah, in a television science fiction, and that's fun. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. Please don't try to play us. So uh, the the young foxy lady bandages up, tends to his wound, and they, I kind of forget how this all goes down, but they're like, then we realize that his father's actually been kidnapped, their father, and they're going to trade him. Yeah, this is the worst. This is such... It was very confusing. I don't remember how it went down, or at least it was so boring that I couldn't (laughs) pay attention. But the 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 disco the disco dildo gets the father figure to to swear to give his word. 
That's right, because a human's word is worth something. Yeah, he's like he's noticed that some humans can be forsworn. And that was kind of cool, actually, in a way. I kind of like that. But um, also, fuck that. <laughs> so the children are going to trade Starbuck for the father. Starbuck doesn't know. All right, he doesn't know what's up. So the sister is like not too keen on the idea, but uh, brother, little brother who's in charge, or big. I can't tell if he's older or younger than her. Hopefully, he's younger because Starbucks hitting on her, and he didn't look that old. He no, he did not. She looked like she was old enough for Starbucks. I don't know what his <laughs> threshold is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty low, I bet. <laughs> yeah, and then so then we get to, to we got a bunch of Cylons and Dad on one side of a pond, and the children and Starbucks on the other side of the pond, and it's mm-hmm. literally like they could throw a football across this thing. Oh yeah. The set was terrible. They pull out like a straw man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Cylons so... pull out a straw man. But now here's the thing. They put it in this like little boat. Yeah, with guns. With guns on it. <laughs> Two giant turrets. And and the, and the guy shows, he's got like a remote control in his hand, uh, Spectre. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, they're just going to pull right up there and unload. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be uh, smart. They, yeah. That's all they had to do. But instead they... <laughs> push the, the like the bumper car size boat over and it kind of like bobs and dunk against the, uh, <laughs> the opposing bank. And then like, Oh, it's just a straw dummy. They, they cheated us. Right. And, and the straw was like poking out every little <laughs> limb had a cluster of straw poking out. So you could have recognized this thing as a scarecrow from like very, very far away. So then they, they send their own straw dummy back. They had enough time. As the viewer, we don't know this. Starbuck is sort of bleeding with uh, with Kyle. You know, Kyle's like, no, like I'm gonna I'm gonna send Starbuck. But it's not really Starbuck, but we didn't know that. Right. So are you suggesting that they that they came up with the same idea? Well, didn't they? I thought that it looked like they didn't do the exchange at the same time. And well, that wouldn't make any sense. No, I know, I know. <laughs> But apparently, okay, I guess they had the same idea. Do you really expect the Cylons to go through with this trade? I certainly do. I planned it rather well. The tin cans will put Father on a boat and launch him towards us. We will simultaneously launch you towards them. But you see, neither side can take advantage of the other. Wanna bet? I think that scene is awkward because they show us Starbuck pleading with Kyle. Just listen to me for a centon, will you? And Kyle saying, no, 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 I, I, I need to get my dad. Right. And so when they do the swap, we don't know that Kyle had actually changed his mind. The editing of the sequence makes it just awkward. So it does seem like <laughs> they awkward. get they get one straw man and then maybe the kids just sent another one back. And then the silence are like, go by, it feels like. Yeah, the, the silence are like, well, why did we get the straw man? Like, why didn't they send the real thing? If we all oh, foiled again. And then so there's a pitched battle, but they get away. They then have to make their plan. Because they gotta rescue dad. All right. So then we go into the, the final act. And Kyle is like, I'm the I'm the leader. No, no, he's like, I I shouldn't be a leader. I'm worthless piece of shit. This is like when he fails. And Starbucks like, no, you're great. You can be my lieutenant. That really that really cheers him up. <laughs> and the guy's like, all right. He's starting to see like the the wings on his helmet wilt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's really 
very crestfallen. <laughs> I thought he had to molt for a second. Yeah. <laughs> nice. He's good. Uh, so they make a plan and they have to like sing a stupid song about it. My old flight instructor told me the easiest way to remember a sequence is to sing it. Right. Yeah. I'm going to find some of that audio. and put Yeah. It you got to play some of that. It's <laughs> so dumb. Uh, uh, this whole episode is atrocious. It's a pretty amazing. And, uh, and, you know, I don't have anything to uh, compare it against. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell. So they have a sing-songy plan, and it's a pretty good plan, I guess, when you're going to have five people attack a castle. Yeah. One more time. The first to go is Starbuck and Miri, carrying torches to keep things cheery. Then the brothers swim through the water to set their bombs for a Cylon slaughter. And all the while, this, this, the, the administrator dildo is, is radioing to the, the, the main baddie who, uh, and like you said earlier, like keeps making up more excuses like, oh, no, he's, you know, we're repairing his body. We haven't gotten the coordinates. He wants the coordinates to Galactica. Yeah. So Spectre doesn't have him and isn't forthright about that. So he's like, no, we've got him. But his body is made of meat and we don't understand meat. Right, and he keeps making up more excuses, like, oh, he might terminate, actually. He might perish. And then he did. I really liked how we get this, yeah, this mid-level manager on the unicorn planet. Yeah. Who's, like, lying and making shit up and not reporting the truth. And then he dodges all responsibility. It's great. Yeah, he does a really good job. And he gets gets out of there, and he gets his, what's left of his garrison out of it. Yeah, it was and they totally scary. bought it, yeah. except for the uh, the 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 main baddies uh, disco robot dildo guy, whose name is Lucifer. Lucifer, right? Which was awesome. Lucifer's a regular. I kind of got that feeling that, that he was on a lot. I'm surprised Lucifer doesn't just like rip break that guy's neck. Yeah, it doesn't make what's, any sense. What's holding them back? Shit starts hitting the fan. Right, these children are just. They're way too much for the Cylons to handle. Oh, yeah. The, the youngest daughter is like um, slingshotting grenades yeah. at the bridge. And the bridge never suffers any damage. No. By the way. There's just lots of explosions going off. I know the petro dump is exploding. I got to say that he calls in like the rest of the garrison or something. And we cut back to those guys in the break room again. Right. Yeah. And they're still sitting there like... <laughs> playing darts and solitaire and shit they they go out Uh, oh and you get a a shot of them going up the steps and they're all wearing like really awesome like 70s work boots i miss that oh the work boots they they use that that footage twice in there look like some comfortable uh leather work boots you know there was a mst3k where they did a movie and I forget what the movie was, but it was a sci-fi movie made in the 80s. Accessing 1988. Mutiny in space. Most of it was shot on location at like a giant processing facility, like one of these places with like tons of stairs that keep going up and up forever and lots of pipes. And it's sort of like uh-huh, uh-huh. half outdoor, half indoor. Like a refinery of some kind. That's supposed to be the, the interior of the spaceship. That's cool. I love that choice. That always looks great. It looked like they were on an oil refinery, so it didn't look great. <laughs> All of the exterior space battle scenes are from ba- this Battlestar Galactica. Oh, 
after this Dude, had been off the air, they must have bought I the rights. totally know what you're talking about. I have seen that. I remember that movie. So they're kicking the shit out of these Cylons. And that's when Spectre is like on the horn with, uh, with his name's like Count Benoit or something. That's <laughs> not right. But... What, he's like, oh, Star- Starbucks dead, and you know this place is kind of garbage. How about I just bail? Yeah, like and... we're getting rusty. He keeps saying like it's too yeah. wet here, and their circuits are rusting, even though they, those guys were earlier walking through that shitty cesspool water. Yeah. Like up to their waists. Yeah. The stainless steel, right? I mean, I, one can assume. Oh, that's something I wanted to point out. I love the way that they have that filter on the lens whenever they shoot the Cylons. You know, that foggy, like Vaseline filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they're all just like all of the flares. Right. Are, they look so, it looks like the the armor in like the Excalibur movie. I don't know if you ever saw that, but. Yeah, um, they're just like super oily and shiny looking. I just love it. I think it looks. Yeah, great. I like that. Yeah, that you pointed that I out. That's very good. much remember that from from uh, being a little kid. Are you there? Did I lose my internet? Oh, I lost you for a minute. Okay. Well, I, think I, was just, I was just saying something that I had already said. So. Okay. Going about the the like yeah like camera tricks studio tricks yeah yeah, yeah. my my Wi Fi is just doing some editing for us. Oh, nice, cool. Any progress, Specter? Oh. I regret to report the colonial warrior has terminated. The Cylon human guy, I, I did write notes, but I don't have them with me, so I, I don't know this person's name. But yeah, he's like, go for it. Bail. Yeah, he's like, cool, yeah, we'll get you out of there. Like, he gets totally duped. That, that Spectre strokes his ego a couple times, and he's totally like, oh, yeah, cool. You're awesome. Spectre, we're going to get you out of there. You didn't, you didn't blow it. Uh, it's amazing. That lion dildo did a great job. <laughs> yeah. And so they get out of there. They fuck off. And then what happens next? Uh, the family. Dad is rescued. Oh, they get the dad and they have a big reunion. There's no, never any mention of what happened to mom, by the way. Yeah, that's true. And this is when it really struck me. And they're like, and, oh, and so what, Captain Apollo and uh, Boomer show up in a shuttle? And they're like, what, what happened? happened here? This is crazy. Oh, uh, not much. My boys just wiped out a Cylon garrison. They're children. No, no. They're warriors. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, he's got the girl. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, well, that crazy Starbuck. And then and he's gone. Well, yeah, but this is when it really struck me. The family's like, no, we're staying. This is our home. You know, we put a lot of work and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait a minute. It's a dad and his five kids. Like, what are you going to do? You got a castle. You got a castle. Well, what? Starbuck and the Miri. Her name's Miri. They have a very chaste kiss that they share. Yeah. Saying goodbye. And then the dad kind of like grabs her in his arms. Like, ah, that's my daughter. What's going to go on here with you and your five kids forever on this planet alone? Weird. Like, get on the ship, man. Yeah. I mean, that Galactica is not going anywhere interesting. <laughs> I guess not. But of course, then if they did that, then they'd have to be in the rest of the series. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, of course. You can't, you can't have, have you can't have that. I mean, if you're on a planet with unicorns and uh, a castle, that's a good point. I assume it's not all swampy. The Cylons just bailed on it. They're not coming back. Yeah, so. they're not coming back. I guess if you got a barn full of unicorns to <laughs> have fun with, everything's fine. I was surprised Starbuck left. Sure, right. He could really do some damage down there. Yeah. Damn. So, uh, yeah, they. Is there any kind of wrap up? Is there like a button back on Galactica? Oh. That was that. And then, um, you know, Galactica and the ragtag fleet fly off into the stellar void. Well, you know, since uh, in order to do this legally, what did you think about the episode? What's your take? The traditional Battlestar Galactica stuff is great. I think the show is terrible. <laughs> not a good app for you. No, there was not much that I really liked about it. Yeah, so what about you? I, uh, having not seen an episode of Battlestar Galactica in over, you know, 35 years probably, um, I I was charmed by mostly what you said. Like, I, I like the... I like the ships and I like a lot of the footage they show of like space battle footage looks surprisingly good, even though we didn't see a lot of it in this that looked great, but we saw in the openings and stuff, their, their stock footage that they use. I think there's a lot of cool costuming and a lot of cool concepts. And uh, maybe I'd, I'd watch another one. The best chance they have it being good or when they're on the Galactica Mm -hmm. And when they have a lot of space fighting, when they launch the Vipers from the Galactica, that's always pretty exciting. I remember that as being exciting. But there's a lot of times where they're just like on weird planets driving around on these like cars that are meant to look futuristic. And it's just, yeah, it's not that compelling. (laughs) Yeah. Keep it in space. Yeah. Keep that shit in space. Well, it would be fun to find out like what are the... If there are such a thing as the most beloved episodes of that series and check back in on it. Yeah. Like what's the inner light of Battlestar Galactica? Oh, is that your, is that your favorite TNG? Well, that's sort of like one of the, the top ones, right? Yeah. It's, it's widely regarded. Yeah. Yeah. It was, sure. I think it probably was my favorite until they remastered it. And oh, cause the, cause the makeup looks so bad. <laughs> the makeup is unwashable. <laughs> Patrick Stewart's chasing around his grandson, very much like the cover marks we've seen in this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So um, I, I told you a couple of my favorite moments from the show. Did you have one, something that particularly stuck out to you? I just wanted to watch some unicorns on sci-fi. Well, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't give a fuck. Well, thank you for listening to the pilot episode of the Escape Pod. And thanks to Golden Boots for our theme song. You can find us on the internet, sci-fi escape pod at gmail.com. New episodes are on Wednesdays. Thanks again. Bye. Let's do a podcast where we just review fan fiction and then we can go find like an Odama and Picard uh oh, you know, crossover buddy like buddy cop oh. fan fiction or something. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Adama's gonna go on one last mission. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh man. Picard's That's just trying great. to keep him out of trouble. We gotta we gotta <laughs> we gotta write that. 